This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, April 29, 2010. I'm Caleb Brown. Comparing derivatives to bookmaking isn't unreasonable. In many ways, they're exactly the same. But Senator Carl Levin doesn't seem to understand the VIG, that margin that bookies and investment bankers use to make sure they're not taking on too much risk as they accept the wagers of their clients. Mark Calabria, Director of Financial Regulation Studies at the Cato Institute, explains. A lot of the comparisons that lawmakers were making when they were questioning Goldman Sachs CEOs was between casinos and investment banking activities. I can understand that to one extent, which is sportsbook is very, very similar to exactly um, yes. investment banking. Table games are not. Table games are, the odds are all known. You're not creating information by engaging in table games in quite the same way that you are creating information or knowledge when it comes to creating a point spread or coming up yes. with an interest rate to account for risk with an investment. I mean, and that's a, and that's 100% the, the case. I mean, while at the time you, when you might be playing poker and you figure you can't beat the house, you might think it's quite a complicated game. The, the reality is, is that the odds are pretty well known and, you know, at least in, say, game theory, Poker is a simple game, a straightforward game, uh, even if it's not one you can win at pretty regularly. And you aren't creating knowledge. I mean, essentially how to play poker. I mean, maybe you come up with a novel way to play, but that's about the extent of what you're creating. And it really is, as in most sports betting, uh, it's just a simply transfer of income from one party to the other. On that point, the VIG. In sportsbook, there's the VIG. That's the bookie. He wants He wants to put himself squarely in the middle, exactly in the middle yes. of the of both sides of the wagers. He wants to put himself in the middle and if possible collect some money on both sides of that wager. Exactly. And this is very parallel to what you see in financial markets in terms of what's called the bid-ask spread. I mean, uh, for instance, the way essentially uh, that an investment bank makes money or a broker-dealer rather or any sort of market maker is, you know, I buy at this price and I sell at this price and I make money off of the difference. And I'm the market maker. I'm essentially setting those prices. Uh, and you might have to change those prices on either side to you know, balance supply and demand, essentially. And you see the exact same thing uh, in bookmaking in terms of betting, where, you know, you set the odds, uh, and the odds are not mirror. Uh, the odds are there's going to be a spread between those odds. Uh, and that's how a bookmaker makes money. Uh, as you mentioned, the VIG, uh, some call it juice in some markets. Uh, I believe the Brits call it the touch. So there are various terms, it's basically the same, which is very different from you know, Vegas, casinos, the way casinos make money is essentially the odds favor them winning most of the time. So they're not making uh, the money off of the spread, they're making the money off of the odds, which are very different functions in how they operate. Carl Levin, when he was questioning Mr. Blankfein, was suggesting that he was somehow derelict in his duties by perhaps not informing investors who wanted to make these exotic wagers in the housing market, that Goldman would be trying to sell the other side of that bet to other investors. And it seems to me kind of odd that that would be the case. Yeah, somebody, who, somebody who wants to make a bet like that, they don't care how you cover your risk. They just want you to be able to pay when if they win. Well, you know, and, and maybe the, a better parallel would be what Levin is trying to argue is that essentially, 
you know, let's say that the, the Miami Dolphins are in the Super Bowl and the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins is secretly placing bets on the game, you know, would I want to take the bet on the other side of the Miami Dolphins quarterback? Probably not, because he probably knows something I don't, uh, and he can influence the outcome. This is essentially what Levin is arguing, that somehow John Paulson and company, the hedge fund on the other side of this, was essentially the Miami Dolphins quarterback going into the Super Bowl. Uh, I clearly think that that, you know, sort of attributes a tremendous amount of knowledge and, and insight and power to John Paulson that he clearly lacked. So I think there's a bit of an exaggeration in terms of what Levin is trying to apply and what the SEC is trying to apply in terms of what Goldman is doing. What Goldman was doing was bringing together parties on one hand who wanted to go long on the housing market with parties that wanted to go short on the other other hand. And clearly in any of those, there is an assumption that if you're going long, somebody's going short. And I think that that's a given in markets, uh, and that's a given in any type of market making, uh, particularly in the case of the Goldman, where the party going long was a sophisticated commercial bank in Germany that advertised itself as an expert in CDOs. So this was an expert player who said, you know, we know this market, and you know, we think we've got better information. Clearly, the way markets function in general is. Market participants have different opinions of the value of something, uh, and that's how markets function. If we all believed that things equal value, there would be no trade. Uh, so this is exactly how markets work, uh, and I think you're seeing on the part of Senator Levin and others and, and the SEC in this in this matter uh, a misunderstanding of how markets function altogether. Um, I think even if IKB in this case, uh, Commercial Bank had known that John Paulson had some role in structuring the investment on the other side, they likely still would have taken the bet because they were reflecting a fundamental belief that the housing market was going to be okay. Levin also had some problems when talking to Mr. Blankfein with the fact that Goldman's position over a year or so shifted generally institutionally from long to short. And th this was somehow doing something wrong. Well, I mean, we'll go back to the example of the bookmaker. Bookmakers actually offset, you know, I mean, ideally what a bookmaker wants to do is have his bets completely offset, you know, so that he keeps all the vig for himself. But it's not uncommon, for instance, if a bookmaker has a lopsided book to actually go to another bookmaker and try to take a different side on that. So what you're trying to do and what Goldman was trying to do and what any market maker would try to do is to balance its book. And you know, if you have to take a different position to do that, you'll do so. So partly what Goldman was doing was moving in a sort of counter-cyclical counter way to the market overall. If the market is net long, then Goldman's going to want to be net short. And that's something where they want to balance their position. And how you balance your position clearly determines on where your position is to begin with. If your position changes, you need to change. So I, I don't think that uh, the fact that Goldman shifted its net positions was an indication of somehow, you know, it was, you know, malignant and nefarious uh, motives. I mean, it certainly was. They were just trying to hedge their own risk. And if you're a bookmaker, you don't necessarily need to know a heck of a lot about the fundamentals of uh, how this game is actually going to play out in order to make those moves from uh, one side of the bet to the other. You just need to make sure that the action is 
fairly yeah. evenly distributed. You know, the, 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 the Austrian economists like to call this the Tantamont process, where it's basically a back and forth, uh, you know, learning process of where the odds are. And you put an odd out there, like you put a price uh, and you respond. And if it ends up being lopsided, just like bookies, and, and this is the same on Wall Street, where you would change the bid-ask price spread to make the markets adjust and try to bring them into adjustment. And clearly, in some cases, the markets are just so lopsided that you find, or your book might be so lopsided compared to the market that you want to put that off somewhere else. But fundamentally, I mean, nobody really knows. Prices are subjective. Odds are subjective, uh, at least in terms of sports betting. They might not be subjective in terms of casino games, but they certainly are subjective in terms of sports betting and in terms of the value of an asset, the value of a CDO. Uh, and so what you're seeing here is an attempt to try to find those odds uh, and try to you know move through that process. And Goldman does the same thing. Goldman does not have some inherent objective valuation of this asset is worth this. This asset is only worth what people are going to pay for it. Uh, and so you do see some you know, movement back and forth to try to find that. Blankfein and Levin arguing uh, back and forth at the table was, I, th- I think, very instructive. Uh, Levin actually, and I guess this is a broader thing that, that lawmakers have engaged in over the past year trying to figure out this financial crisis, and that is showing less concern for the bubble itself and more concern over the speculation uh, surrounding the bubble about whether or not it's a bubble. I, I think this is one of the real, you know, maybe frightening aspects of, of going after Goldman and, and, and Paulson. And some of this is there's an inherent sort of, if you shorted the market, you're somehow, you know, anti-American, you know, you're, you're against progress, you're against success. Uh, what we needed actually was more people to short the market, and it would have taken some air out of it. There is a fundamental error, I think, in most policymakers in Washington, which they somehow believe that the bursting of the bubble was the problem rather than the bubble itself. Uh, And I think that really reflects some very dangerous thinking. Um, To the extent that you try to take shorts out of the market, you're going to have actually larger bubbles, more often bubbles rather than less. Mark Calabria is Director of Financial Regulation Studies at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.